0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Germain, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go.
1: And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And here we
0: are again, another week, another gospel, another discussion, another time to reflect. And another
1: chance to another chance to hang out together and with our listening audience. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, at this point, we have we have made a full cycle through the lectionary with the podcast. I'm almost positive that's true.
1: I think that's uh, accurate.
0: Yeah, which means that we every gospel we talk about from now on, we have talked about before that exact same reading three years ago. And if
1: it's and if it's the baptism of our Lord, we have <laughs> talked about it two dozen times.
0: That's right. <laughs> That is correct. Um, so we are going to jump into a gospel I know that we have discussed before, but that's the great thing. That's the cool thing about having a lectionary cycle, you know, is that they these things come every three years. And if you think about it, like think about the life three years ago, uh, things are just different. So we like. Oh, well, yes, they are. Because our lives are different every every day, but like in the span of three years, things change so much. And so we have in our lives, in the world, and just everything. And so we're always interpreting scripture through, through the lens of what's going on in our life. So we're seeing things differently. We're seeing words differently. We're thinking about things differently. So it makes sense that we would always be circling back around to stories and continuing to interpret them because that's why they are alive. They're alive for us because we are alive and living and changing. So all that to say... We'll be talking about uh, the gospel, a gospel from Mark for this week coming up uh, Sunday, September 12th. But before we get to that, Charlotte, I need to know, where did you see God this past week for the second week in a row?
1: I know that's because maybe I am a faith to go all star.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I'm
1: kidding. Well, um, but I saw God at godly play training. Oh. Um, so Christ Church hosted a diocesan godly play training and we had the reverend cheryl minor phd with us um and she's fantastic and the program was stellar and it was a lot as far as learning and processing and retention and all of those things but it also left me really filled in a holy way, right? Like that I connected more deeply to myself and to my faith through the process of this training, than just taking physical knowledge of it. And maybe that's a God sighting. Probably that's a God sighting. But actually, my God sighting was in watching everyone support each other, because part of the process is making yourself vulnerable to tell stories. Um, Godly play is a story based curriculum um that connects children to their faith through wonder and a lot of people who came to the training have not done godly play at all before and so therefore had never told the stories and it's a lot to learn and a lot to process and it's also harder to tell them to adults than it is to children a hundred percent that has to be true But watching each person, I saw God in the willingness of each person to make themselves vulnerable and to try something that was new and scary, but also in the way the community loved and supported them through that process. Um, In the affirmation that happened afterwards in the willingness to coach and support and help each other to share and to be heard, um, it was a very tangible presence of God that wove kind of all through that process for me.
0: So cool. It seeing, was great. Yeah. Seeing God in those moments of vulnerability storytelling, wondering. So fun. Mm-hmm. it is a very vulnerable experience to wonder because you're opening yourself up to possibilities. You don't know any kind of uncertainties. Vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. like in relationships, it's like we're vulnerable because we share something and we don't know how people are going to react. And that's like kind of the, feels like that feels like to me the basis of my feelings of vulnerability it's like i'm gonna tell you something i don't know how you're gonna what you're gonna think about me after i say it but it's true so here it is is, you know Mm -hmm. anyway well thank you charlotte for sharing that and like every week we would love to hear from you if you would like to share any of your stories or comments or questions from this week of faith discussion or reflection, or if you'd like to share where you saw God this past week with us, we would love to hear from you. Always. You can email us faith 2 go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, myfaith 2 go.org, or you can uh, follow us on Instagram at faith to go and tag us or direct message us there. And we'd love to hear from you. And now without further ado, we will proceed to the gospel for this coming Sunday, September 12th, 2021. Mark 8, 27 to 38 for proper 19. Charlotte's going to read it, and then we're going to each highlight a point that we hope you take into your week of faith discussion or reflection.
1: Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed. And after three days, rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it.
0: In chapter 8 of Mark's gospel, last week we were in chapter 7, as we were the week before. And I'll tell you, we skipped one story. That's why Mm -hmm. we're starting on verse 27 here instead of verse 1 of chapter 8, because what we read last week were the last uh, verses of chapter 7. The story of Jesus healing, uh, talking to the Syrophoenician woman in Tyre and Sidon, and going to the Decapolis and healing the... Man who was deaf uh, and couldn't speak. And now we go to chapter 8, but we skip the first 27 verses, which are the, fir- the beginning of chapter 8 is the second story of feeding a large crowd of people. So we had, we actually heard the feeding of the 5,000 story from John instead of Mark, but Mark has a, a, chap- a feeding of the 5,000 way back in chapter 5 or 6. And then uh, there's another one here. And then Jesus does some talking to the disciples and goes to Bethsaida, which is another little village up in north of the Sea of Galilee. And then now Peter's declaration in Caesarea Philippi, which again is even further north. It's like he's really, this. all these stories from chapter seven and eight are happening pretty far north of the Sea of Galilee. So like he's beyond, where well they're beyond their, their little hometown, their Galilean region hometown and uh, moving out into uncharted territory. Not uncharted. They could obviously go there. They've probably been there before. But it's just not the the place where they're from, you know. So uh they're moving around all these kind of distant parts of uh of the region. And so they're still out there. They haven't returned yet. Uh and uh that's where we are today. So uh we're at the end of this is the end of chapter eight. Uh, and we're up north of the sea. And I have the first point. So I'm just going to keep talking. Please do. Um so my point actually as you were reading it I was thinking it really I think does it ties into that vulnerability thing we were just mm-hmm. talking about I think because I'm thinking about these words from Jesus this story I I think so many a lot of us know very well and have heard a lot this get behind me Satan thing uh where Jesus has this very interesting interaction. It's interesting that this interaction is happening happening where it is you know because they're like so far from from home. They're really kind of outside of the the main people group that they're a part of. This, this Jewish people that and so when Peter is talking about Jesus as the Messiah like this is supposed to be the Messiah for the Jewish people. You know like this is a very Jewish idea. This Christ or anointed one or the Messiah. The one that's going to bring about god's kingdom and so it's understandable like why peter reacts the way he does to jesus is jesus is teaching them about the messiah because you know they're saying well people are saying you're this thing that thing the other thing you're all these people of old you know that'll like come back and jesus is kind of And then Jesus is like, okay, so you like everybody's saying like, I'm like this thing that's like come back from the past. Who do you say that? I am? And they're like, Peter's like, Oh, you're the Christ. You're like the Messiah, the anointed one. And Jesus, Jesus seems to jive with that idea. I don't know. He doesn't really respond except to tell them not to tell anybody else. Uh, Maybe that's agreement. I don't know. Maybe Jesus is agreeing. Maybe he's like, oh, that's that, that would really get you in trouble. If you said that to anybody, you know, I don't really know, but Um, then Jesus goes on to say, well, this, the, this Messiah, this son of man, then, you know, is going to suffer and be rejected and killed. And after three days rise again, and Peter is like, whoa, that is not what I'm talking about. Uh, that's not the Messiah I'm describing. I'm thinking triumphant like, really, like, sticking it to the empire, like, taking people down. And Jesus is like, actually, this is what it's going to be. This is the reality. This is how the Messiah is going to operate in the world. And so it's like, and and, I, and so I was struck by this this phrase, and he said all this quite openly. And that's where the vulnerability thing kind of connected for me, was thinking, like, Jesus is revealing something of Jesus is revealing himself to the disciples here. Jesus is like revealing a very deep truth of who he believes himself to be and what he knows of his journey and really painful things about it. You know, like this is vulnerability on Jesus's part. And so like, and I wonder how long Jesus has been thinking about these things or like carrying them by himself or feeling the burden of this reality and now he's sharing this with his closest friends, with his disciples. They're all alone. They're in like a totally different place than where they're from. And, and like, how, how, like, think about how hard it is to think about the experience, if you've had this experience of telling something, telling a person that you love, that you're, that you're like deeply connected to, some painful, challenging truth of yourself, and for them to, to tell you that that is wrong or that Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with that idea or that you are incorrect, (laughs) you know, like how hard is that? That's so painful. That's so painful. And that's what's happening in this interaction. I think like, and, and the thing is that what Peter, Peter isn't, isn't acting out of like anger or, you know, some, maybe some anger, but like, he's not saying it to hurt Jesus he's responding and impulsively like reacting out of fear you know because he doesn't want this to be true of his friend he's like that can't be true you you're not right you're wrong and that's when jesus gets gives him the get behind me satan you know Mm -hmm. for you're setting your mind not on divine things but on human things and i think like It just, it brings up for me this kind of unpacking that I want to do around this idea of Satan. And I, it's not, and it's something I think we've talked about before, but just this idea that like Jesus isn't saying, Peter, you're evil or like, Peter, you're doing something terrible. He's saying like the, the Satan, the the accuser, like the Satan in Hebrew in this, in like the think about the Satan in the book of Job, like in the first chapters we're introduced to this character, the Satan. And it's translate the actual word means like the accuser. It's the, the adversary, maybe. But it's just, it's mm-hmm. like in Job, think about the, the role of the Satan in Job. It's like part of God's kind of like counsel in heaven. And it's the, it's the voice that's telling God, oh, this Job guy that you think is like so faithful, like you should probably test him to see how faithful he really is. He might not be that faithful. So to me, like the Satan, this, this idea that Jesus is carrying with him, that he's telling, that he's like exclaiming at Peter is like, this is the, you are, you are, you are being the voice of the accuser right now. You're the one that's telling me that I'm something different than what I know myself to be. You're the one telling me that my identity that I've shared with you is incorrect. You're the one telling me that my truth is wrong or that I need to be doing something different or that this, this this thing this like vulnerable piece of myself that i've that i'm bringing into the world is not good enough or is incorrect and so we all have i think we all hear those voices outside you know of pe- people telling us there's like there's going to be the accusers you know and it's not because they're evil peter's not evil peter's afraid you know mm-hmm. and so it's like how can we how can we like jesus does persist in our truth in the face of that kind of response. And the great thing is that what Jesus doesn't do is be like, Hey, Peter, you know what? You're done. You're out. You don't get to be with me anymore. He like stays in relationship. He brings him along. He loves Peter through it. And I think, think about Peter in the end, like, you know, Peter still like denies Jesus all those times, but like, but then becomes you know, in terms of our tradition, like one of the the leading figures of the church after mm-hmm. Jesus is gone of this Jesus movement after Jesus is gone. And so it's like there is there's always I think it's good that Jesus is like, yes, you have you are doing this accuser thing to me. You're trying to tell me there's something wrong, but I'm going to stay in relationship with you. I'm going to show you I'm going to take you along with me and and I'm going to stay true to who I know myself to be and so like how can we do that out in the world something that's really hard but like just wondering how we can do that kind of thing ourselves
1: well and honestly also though the piece that jesus does in this is continually hold peter accountable um the language in this is really harsh right get behind me satan i'm not sure how i would feel if someone i loved said that to me (laughs) And and I'm not sure what that says about Peter as well, because we've talked a lot about how every time we're confronted with something we've done wrong, how we have the opportunity to hide from it, process it or like move forward with the person. And I think that this particular conversation is really interesting, not just because Peter matters so much to Jesus that Jesus holds him accountable, rebukes him and holds Mm -hmm. him accountable and keeps him in relationship, but also that for all of Peter's peterness he receives it and and stays in the relationship too because i don't know how i would respond if i heard these words from jesus so and i also think that that maybe is a transition into my peace Which, as you guys have experienced many times with David and I, sometimes we fall in many places in the gospel and other times we resonate with the same point, but in slightly different ways. And today is that for us. And mine follows immediately behind David's, which is this line that we get from Jesus that says, if anyone, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And I kept coming back to the word deny themselves or the words deny themselves in this sentence, because I think that it follows logically behind what David was just talking about. And that is that sometimes the thing that is getting in the way for us is us. It's the way that we are processing our own fear. And whether that is the fear of losing a relationship for speaking truth, Um, or losing a relationship because the other person can't hear our truth, or whether it is just being afraid to put it out there and be told that we're wrong. Um, I think that Peter probably responded from a very guttural place, like his instinct was like, oh, no, what you're saying, Jesus, is too hard. That can't be true. Um, But I think that sometimes, at least in my own life, that when I'm processing something that I need to say that goes against the majority opinion and or is just really truthful for me and I have to make myself vulnerable and say it, that a lot of what gets in my way doesn't actually have anything to do with those people outside of myself that are going to receive it. But it has to do with me, with my being willing to be vulnerable, to take the risk, um, to say that the outcome is worth the pain of feeling it, to set aside my fear. It's a it's a really challenging piece for me when I look at that and I look at this language of deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me because it's so clearly identifies that we are our own stumbling block. We are what gets in between us and picking up the cross and following Jesus. That it's all of our own fear, worry of inadequacy, um, not wanting to admit when we're wrong, being challenged or challenging the status quo. All of those things, those are the things that we put up between ourselves and picking up the cross and following Jesus. And learning how to set that aside is not a light switch that we flick. It's not that it's, and we've learned the lesson. And so now we just do it right all the time. But at least for me personally, it's an ongoing struggle. It's uh, being willing to sit in the discomfort and name, like, what is the right way forward in this? Um, am I brave enough to take the next step? Do I need to sit here for a few minutes in order to to be brave enough, Um, also who can sit with me in this place of uncomfortable silence, challenge, all of those things as I look for the next right thing to do. And I think that that has gotten progressively harder as our world has gotten louder. The tendency to shout each other down either verbally or with our keyboards is everywhere. And so when you take the initiative to speak your truth or to live into the version, it's not that there's a version of Christianity, that's not the right phrase, to live into true Christianity, what Jesus's message is for all of us, and in that piece, know that someone may very well start shaming you, shouting you down, spreading it all over the place your inadequacies, even though you know that what you're trying to do is deeply follow Christ and and to be a, a true Christian and be in relationship with God and love your neighbor. That's a really hard thing to do right now. And I'm not saying that it wasn't hard for the followers of Christ. Certainly persecution took place back then very differently than it does now. But I think that an important part of naming our context is that it's different, that our context is different than what they experienced.
0: Yeah. And I think I'm just, it's so interesting to me to think about those two, like to think about um, the way that Jesus is trying to like claim his true identity and how that the truth of his identity is ultimately the thing that like brings him to, to, hit, to the cross, to like the physical cross that he dies on. You know, it's like him co- continuously claiming his authentic, true self, c- proclaiming what he believes in the face of people, telling him that he should be or do or say other things, that what he's doing and being and saying is wrong. And that idea that like to then take up our cross and follow Jesus is to, is to claim that authentic, true self you know that's like that is our life uh and and that you know there are all those voices outside and inside that are telling us to not do that mm-hmm. um and like how can we how can we how can we pick up that it's almost like this burden of our authentic identity because it's really that's really hard to be it's easier to bow i think to the expectations of the world and thus like gain the world, but lose ourself. Yes. Um, yes, claim who we are, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are our two points. Pretty good. I think, uh, point number one was mine. And it was about this interaction Jesus has with Peter and get behind me, Satan and Jesus, you know, vulnerably sharing who he is and pushing back against Peter's fear response, you know, telling him to be something else and charlotte's was similar thinking about the ways not the external voices that are telling us you know to be something different than who we know ourselves to be but the the lifelong journey of being who we are uh, amidst the kind of inner voices that are ourselves trying to tell us to be something else uh, and to you know move move from those voices you know to be maybe in relationship with them but to to push back and to be who we know we're being called to be. Mm-hmm. So having heard those points, we'd love to hear what your third point would be, uh, or any of your stories or questions or comments from your week of faith discussion and reflection. You can email us, faith 2 org. You can contact us through our website, myfaith2go.org. You can contact us uh, contact us, or follow us on Instagram at faith2go. You can tag us in a post, or you can direct message us, And any of your emails or communications, anything, we'll put it on the podcast. We'll talk about it. We'll share it with everyone. And we're so thankful for you all for listening and for sharing with us uh, some of your questions, comments, and reflections each week. And we will be back next week, uh, September
1: 19. Is
0: that right? Yeah. September 19th for proper 20 in year B. And until then, we say goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.